As current and former fangirls, we embrace all the weird and wonderful corners of fan fiction. Our podcast is meant to share and comment on the works we find, never to bash or flame them. These fellow writers, fandoms, and fans have created things that we can all enjoy. To better than canon the podcast about the best worst and weirdest corners of fan fiction i'm kathleen and i'm Haley. today's topic was avatar the last airbender i watched so much avatar when i was younger and a lot of order too because they just kind of play whatever episode on nicktoons it's really good though it is it is really good i want to think of it as one of my first animes because it's really close to being an anime but it's not. But it's not technically. An <laughs> it is Nickelodeon's attempt at making an anime in America. There are a lot of people out there. I, I remember back in the days of Eld, and it probably still happens today, people arguing if it was an anime or not. And people just like downright convinced that subs were better than dubs and they had to watch it in Japanese because it's an anime. <laughs> But it was made in America. I know. <laughs> that's so wrong. <laughs> it was really funny. I'll bet you that's still a thing, too, especially with the resurgence recently since it got put on Netflix. Yeah, that's true. Well, when I worked at a bookstore, a used bookstore, we would get Avatar in a ton. And so we had to figure out where we were going to put it. And for the longest time, it was in kids, kids DVDs. But it's not quite a kids DVD. But we also put stuff like the animated Batman series and stuff over in kids. But it could go over into anime. And so we were constantly throwing it back and forth because it's like, well, the animated Batman series isn't really kids, but it's animated. And that's where all the animated stuff goes. That's not South Park or Family Guy or whatever. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. But it's not quite an anime either. But people aren't going to look for it in movies or really TV shows, because TV shows is like CSI. So we just kind of threw it all over the place. I eventually put it in anime because that's where I would look for it. That's where all the weird stuff like that goes. Yeah. So like, I do recognize it's not an anime, but it's also not really a kid's show either. Even though it was on Nickelodeon. I mean, it kind of is. I, Because they're kids. That are the main characters, right? They're like teenagers. They're, they're like, because I think Aang is 14. He's a teenager. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's weird because you can't literally directly categorize it as any of those. But you, I guess in a bookstore, you kind of have to. Mm -hmm. So, well, and what's really nice about it is even now in our mid 20s, we can still really enjoy avatar the last airbender and also legend of korra um i was going to look into legend of korra but i think we should just separate that into another episode because i feel like there's just different stuff there it's a different series it is yeah there's enough in terms of like fan fiction there's enough of korra that's its own thing yeah that i'd say it would warrant its own episode at some point that would be great um, it's going to kind of be like, Av uh, not Avatar, the last airbender. <laughs> it's going to be a lot like adventure time where Marceline and bubblegum were my first lesbian couple that I was like, hell yes. And in that same vein, Korra and Asami became also one of those, everybody ships them. It's a canon couple. And as mostly a lesbian, my lesbian myself, I just, it's my shit. I love that. I think it's great. And while looking for fan fiction, the easiest way to find fan fiction for this was to look at crossovers, but I had to like remove Korra from it because it would put a bunch of Legend of Korra stuff in it. And I was like, well, it's kind of a crossover with Avatar The Last Airbender, but it's also not. Yeah. So we are covering crossovers. 
but not legend of Korra. yeah and and most of the time for myself i don't want to just cover crossovers i think there are other podcasts out there that do do that but for avatar there was just so much and i ended up having more luck finding more interesting things um in crossovers yeah i agree there's just avatar has been around for so long and there's just so much fan fiction that trying to find weird stuff without knowing what you're looking for is extremely difficult it's like leaping into an ocean full of bricks and so our little tunnel into fan fiction we chose this time is crossovers yep so well without further ado um i would like to go ahead and start reading what i brought today i've got two fan fictions um, the first one is Avatar Chef, which is an Iron Chef crossover. It is from 2010. Okay, so I want to establish myself as somebody who's obsessed with cooking shows, um, but I also want to establish myself as somebody who never really watched Iron Chef. Iron Chef was towards the beginning of the like the reality cooking show kind of thing. Cause there was a food food network, but they were mo- it was mostly just like how to cook stuff for a long time, and I think Iron Chef was kind of one of the first ones where it was like some kind of competition. Yes, and it was a very professional competition. I'm really into stuff like Guys Grocery Games and um, <laughs> the box one, where they have like four mystery ingredients. Oh yeah, what is it um, called? cutthroat kitchen cutthroat kitchen um the only thing i know about iron chef america is that chefs like alex gernichelli and alton brown and bobby flay were on it and alex gernichelli is the best she she can be my mom any day because in every competition she kicks ass they literally don't invite her to some of them because she kicks every other professional chef's ass (laughs) and they will never win the only time she i watched her not win one was because she accidentally didn't put enough salt on something oh wow she (laughs) is amazing um but that's all i know about iron chef i know they usually have like an ingredient that they're like you're gonna cook with salmon and then they cook it and then yeah we'll and we'll get there okay um so master paku began five years ago a man's fantasy became reality iroh dragon of the west transformed an abandoned fire nation fort into kitchen stadium a giant cooking arena the motivation for spending his entire fortune was to encounter new original cuisines which could be called true artistic masterpieces to realize his vision of cooking battles he began to select the Iron Chefs, the invincible men and women of culinary skills. As dramatic music sounded, Iroh began to name the Iron Chefs. Iron Chef Fire Nation is Prince Zuko. Zuko rose up on a pedestal with a leek and a Dao sword in his hands. Zuko glared at the camera. Iron Chef Air Nomad is Aang. Aang rose on a pedestal, spinning on an air ball with his staff and a potato. Hi, he said, waving to the camera. Iron Chef Water Tribe is Katara. Katara rose up on a pedestal with water and sea prunes swirling around her. And Iron Chef Earth Kingdom is Toph. Toph rose on a pedestal and bent a metal pillar. You'll be paying for that, said a random TV executive. <laughs> Ah, uh, perfect. Yeah, so so far it's like it's pretty. Uh, I I I didn't check, but I think that whole like beginning thing about Iroh, I think that's almost like word for word what they say in the beginning. Oh, I bet. I would have. I bet it is. I I don't know though. And so, I so so many of these fan fictions that are crossovers have just literally word for word changed whatever the beginning of either Avatar was or whatever show that they're doing. So I would not doubt that it is word for word. Yeah. Master Paku finished, and if ever a challenger wins over the Iron Chef, he or she will gain the Bender's ovation and fame forever. Every battle, reputations are on the line in the kitchen stadium. What inspirations will today's challenger bring, and how will the Iron Chef fight back? The heat will be on. Let us see who who today's challenger is, commanded Iroh. Paku continued, today's challenger is Princess Azula. The daughter of the Phoenix King Ozai, she studied under his cooking tutelage, beginning her apprenticeship at only eight. At only 14, she became his sous chef, making her second most powerful chef at the restaurant, the Crescent Island Inferno Garden. I taught her well. She will not fail our glorious...
Serious Nation stated Ozai. <laughs> this is so good! I'm strapped in and ready to go! So who will it be? inquired Iroh. Azula responded, Zuzu, let's play. It's Iron Chef Zuko's, Zuko shouted. Iroh sighed. He has a point. Very well, we unveiled the theme ingredient. Iroh went near a mystery tray covered by white tablecloth. The theme ingredient is, he lifted up to the tablecloth, jasmine green tea leaves. Iroh took a bite of a raw bell pepper as dramatic music played. When he was done eating, he began the match with Ales Cuisine. Master Paku continued, Bang a gong, we are on. Now let's hear from our kitchen reporter, Omashu King Bumi. Paku Sifu, snort cough. It uh, sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> it appears Iron Chef Zuko is using poison berries. King Bumi, don't you mean boysenberries? Whoops. And then he laughs. Yes, boysenberries stewed with sugar and jasmine green tea ice cream. And now challenger Azula is making jasmine green tea bread. Roast, commanded Zuko as he firebended some duck. Okay, can we talk about how convenient it would be if you were a firebender to cook? Yeah, I feel like he has a, a direct advantage. <laughs> I know, just like outright. He can just like cook things with his bending powers i wonder if he can control the temperature of his fire there if you could but can like katara control the temperature of her water i mean she could probably cut things really fast with ice that's true i can, i think that the best she can do is make it colder i don't think you can actually make water they never show that you can make water hotter you can control like fog and stuff and blood oh maybe she could control like the juices and fruits that's a pretty good advantage, too. Like, what's Aang going to do with air? <laughs> well, there's, like, air fryers. So, like, make the can't... air really... Well, if he spins it fast enough, it'll then become... I mean, he can slice things with air, can't he? Like, if you slice the air hard enough, it'll I mean, he could, cut through stuff? He could, like, really quickly grab things around the kitchen. He could just, like, airbend, I need a spoon, and just, like, call it over. I don't know. That's about... That's really helpful, though, because then he doesn't yeah. ever have to leave. But, like, Toph is at an obvious disadvantage because, A, she can't see anything, and <laughs> B, what is she going to do? Crush things? I mean, she's a metal bender, too. So she could, like, move pots and pans around and... Bend a I, spoon? Uh, yeah, take that, firebender. <laughs> if she was on Alton Brown's Cutthroat Kitchen, she could use that shitty pan that's all fucked up. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> There's a I think so. There's a pan they bring in, and it's literally like it must have been crushed in a press or something because it's not flat. It's like on its side and it's bent in on itself. So it's a half bowl, half whatever, and it's like fucked up and has holes in it and shit. She could fix that. There we go. But it's, it's not. So I don't really know what advantage she has. I don't even know if they address it too much. Anyway, oh, she could make her knives really sharp. Oh, she could. And then she's blind, so she'd have trouble potentially maybe cutting them. I'm sure I'm sure blind people cook. I'm sure that she could do it. There's actually a woman who was on MasterChef, and she was blind. Oh, that's cool. And she won. And so she has her own cookbook and everything. Yeah. The only thing that they did is she had, like, an assistant to make sure that she could help her grab all the ingredients and stuff she needed. That makes sense. And help her taste things. Like, so she wasn't taste. so the chef, the blind chef was tasting stuff, but she would, like, lift a spoon to help her, you know, do whatever she needed right. to do. But she won the whole thing. That's great. Well, and I'm sure she probably has, like, a really good sense of smell and taste since she's blind. Yeah. So that probably helps. But back to this. I'll show you lightning, cried Azula, as she shot lightning at some bread to cook it quicker, although she ended up slightly burning it due to the intensity of the lightning. Haku Sifu. Yes, King Boomy? Remember that duck Iron Chef Zuko was cooking? Well, he's making Chinese-style plum duck with jasmine green tea and plum sauce. It just needs another stick of butter for Paula Deen's approval. Yar, pirates like butter, but samurai like cream cheese. Right. Boomy, what the hell are you smoking? Fireflakes! Forget I said anything. Azula stated, where's the curry? This dish isn't spicy enough. An assistant chef given by the kitchen stadium told Azula, 
Princess Lazula, we're out of curry. There's none left in the kitchen. Excuse me, does the kitchen create my culinary masterpieces? I do. Go out in the field and grow me some curry or buy me some within the next five minutes unless you want to go back to the boiling rock, filthy peasant. Well, us assistant chefs are union. Silence! So he got her some curry. Well, I don't really expect anything else from Azula, but also, no. <laughs> Time is up, stated Iroh after an hour. After the dishes were prepared, Iroh announced the dishes. My nephew, I mean Iron Chef Zuko, has presented four dishes. First, jasmine green tea with fried tofu and spicy mushrooms. Then rice cooked in jasmine green tea instead of water with pickled daikon radishes. Next, duck cooked in a slightly spicy plum jasmine green tea sauce with a side of asparagus. Finally, jasmine green tea ice cream with boysenberries and powdered sugar. This person makes these dishes, like, sound like they're pretty good. I wouldn't have thought of those combinations with green tea. No, I wouldn't have either. But maybe there's an episode where they already use green tea. Yeah. And they kind of just took that. Or you can just be like... Here's an appetizer with green tea and search it into like Google. Yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah. But then again, writers also kind of just, yeah, this is totally a thing. And then a chef is sitting there going, no. <laughs> Anyone that's actually good with food, please tell us if these are things that would actually be good or not. Because <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. Challenger Azula counters with her set of four. First is curry fire flakes with jasmine green tea. Next is jasmine green tea bread with fire lily olive oil. Then she has a seafood stew of abalone, codfish, scallion, leek, and a jasmine green tea sauce. Finally, she has jasmine green tea ice cream with maple syrup. Huh. I feel like that's cheating. You can't just... Like, this is already a thing that exists, is green tea ice cream. That's pretty fucking lazy. They have to, like, make the ice cream themselves, though. So, I mean, it does exist, but they did make it. I guess that's fair. Zuko did the same thing. Like, he made ice cream. Well, they're both lazy. <laughs> <laughs> On our panel today are, continued Paku Sifu, Kiyoshi, former avatar, Sokka, professional wise-ass. Can't you mention how awesome my boomerang is? Interrupted Sokka. Very well. Sokka, professional wise-ass and master boomerang fighter. The Boulder, gimmicky earthbending wrestler. And finally, Jake Soli. No! Screamed everyone in unison. Just kidding. No Jake Soli. Do, do you get the no, Jake Soli bit? Don't. Well, this is from 2010. And not only is there Avatar The Last Airbender, there's also Avatar the movie. And Jake Soli is the main character. And everyone hates it because it's not Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh. Well, that's pretty funny, though. I don't know how I remembered anything from the movie Avatar, uh, but that's the only thing I remember, honestly. I was going to make a joke earlier and when you said Aang and be like, well, his name's Ong, but then I just decided not to. Best course of action there, I think. Probably. I don't want somebody to burn my house down. <laughs> okay. The dish is quite reminiscent of Kyoshi Island cuisine. It's good, commented Avatar Kyoshi about Zuko's first dish. The boulder thinks this dish needs to incorporate the theme ingredient more, said the boulder about Azula's second dish. Ah, I'll show you theme ingredients. And she was about to zap him with lightning, but Iroh stopped her, saying, not at the dinner table. Please enjoy the tea, smiling in a happy yet threatening way. Sokka commented in general, good dishes. I'd like more meat. That way one of you could meet your victory. But only King Boomy laughed. And right when he finished laughing, he, he remarked, haha, that was a funny play about eel hounds in love I saw two years ago. After the panel cast ballots, the winner was announced by Iroh with more dramatic music. Iron Chef Zuko, Azula snapped and tried to kill everyone and had to be chained while lightning shot out of her ears and nose while Iroh and Zuko hugged. Well, that was great. I love it, except for that, like, uh, Aang and Katara were there in the beginning. And then just, or is that how Iron Chef worked? That's how it's worked. Okay. Yeah. So, so they didn't get challenged, so they weren't playing. Okay. Well, then never mind. I was really confused, like, why they weren't there. Yeah, because the four people are there. Those are the Iron Chefs. And then the contestant chooses the Iron Chef to battle. Right. Okay. That makes more sense then. So, yeah, I thought that one was, like... <laughs> a lot of fun there was a lot of like snorting and laughing that i didn't do from king boomy no i love that like 
you're really good at finding really really fucked up shit but also really really good stuff that i'm like i don't know why this exists but i'm glad it does yeah it made me want to watch iron chef too yeah i really need to add that to my arsenal of cooking shows yeah so on a scale of one to ten one being awful funny five and six being this is pretty average and 10 being wow this is amazing but weird and i don't know why it exists but you should listen read it you should read it i'm giving this a 10 i'm giving it i'm giving it like a nine or ten i really enjoyed it it was just kind of wholesome fun so who wrote it Shinto centra Shinto centra yes 2010 on fanfiction.net Awesome. So you should go check that out, even though you pretty much read the whole thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was it. There, I don't. As far as I could tell, there weren't any other chapters or anything. It was just kind of a one shot. But well, fun. if you well, if you liked it, you should leave a comment and be like, "Wow, this is amazing." Because I might go leave a comment that's like, "Wow, this is amazing." Yeah, I don't know if the account's still active or not, but it is good. So the next thing that I have is probably going to be more towards the one. <laughs> on our scale it's not that good i'm probably gonna skim around a bit but the title of it is avatar the bible adventure and <laughs> and before we begin i'd like to point out uh this account seems to be pretty inactive but this person has in their profile hi yes i'm a christian and i'm proud to be if you don't like christian fanfics then these stories are not for you but you can read them if you want if you believe in jesus christ put this in your profile and don't just ignore this because in the bible it says if you deny me i will deny you in front of my father in the gates of heaven okay so i've already accepted that i'm gonna rot in hell <laughs> you don't need to tell me <laughs> it's like just it's not even a fan fiction. It's just kind of there on a profile. But this was published in 2014. So I'll just go ahead and start. Let's just dig into this. Sokka, are you sure this is the right way home? Aang asked his friend. Of course I do, Aang. I have the map. Sokka pulled out a map from his sack and showed it to the rest of them. Suddenly it flew away. You mean you had the map, Sokka? Katara yelled at him. I might not be able to see, but I think there is land ahead, Toph told the group. Toph's right. I see land, Suki said with excitement. Wait, where's Momo? Zuko asked. I knew it was only a matter of time. Appa ate Momo, Sokka screamed. Uh, he probably went back on land, Toph said, slightly annoyed. Come on, guys, let's land. Appa, yip, yip. Aang signaled to Appa, and in a flash, they were coming in for a landing. So, like, the beginning's not bad. No, the characterization's good. The setup's pretty solid. I don't like that the only voice line that Katara has is yelling at Sokka, but that's, like, part of the that's show. That's kind of just how the show is. You see Avatar Bible Adventure, and I was like, oh, th that's not too bad. Meanwhile, 13 men were walking on the shore when they saw a small unknown animal gliding towards them. What is that? One man asked the others. Is it safe? Said another. One way to find out, one of them replied. Master, no! But it was too late. Their leader picked up the unknown animal and was petting it. Then the men all saw another flying animal. This one was larger and had people on it and was flying. Master, what is that thing? The other 12 were starting to panic. Momo, they heard a child yell. The animal that the master was holding flew away and headed for the noise. Then the 13 guys heard the child say, Appa, land. There was a thump and all the men looked and saw six children on a large bison. Um, Aang, I don't think we're alone, Zuko said to him. Come on, guys, let's say hi, Aang replied while jumping down. Ah, finally, solid ground, Toph sighed as she plopped down. Come on, Sokka. Katara jumped down, dragging Sokka with her. I have a bad feeling about this, Zuko sighed while getting off Appa. This will be fun, Zuki replied while landing on the ground. When the men saw them, 12 of them were watching them in awe. The one that wasn't shocked was their leader. Hello, he replied with a smile. Hi, I'm Aang and these are my friends. My name is Jesus, he said with a smile. <laughs> I, I can't. Is, it, is it blasphemy to just write as Jesus? probably depends on who you ask that's just weird I know. well it's fan fiction kathleen it's fine this makes me think of that weird anime that they made with jesus in it there's like an anime that covers the bible oh it's the jesus yeah. anime and, and that's was, just weird too yeah there's a lot of it, it it's just strange seeing christianity it, from our western point of view seeing it in like eastern 
things, especially yeah. like anime, when we don't really see much of that. But yeah, this is weird. Yeah, so they just kind of hang out um, and talk with Jesus. And his disciples. And his disciples. And they're just in Israel. So Sokka lost their map for like a total of five seconds. And they just wound up in <laughs> in Israel. Okay, but why Avatar? I'm guessing, I'm guessing this person is a really dedicated Christian and just grew up with avatar in their house and really liked it and they're like i need to tell people about jesus or they're gonna die and go to hell so i'm gonna use avatar to make sure that they don't i guess i mean that's fair so we are in the second chapter now how many chapters is this you didn't tell me how many chapters oh, this was just two okay just okay, the two right. and this is just a paragraph great Israel, the six exclaimed. The group was leaving Ba Sing Se before they met them. Now they were in an unknown land. Yes, Jesus replied, slightly confused. Are there earthbenders here? Top asked. Earthbenders? We've never heard of an earthbender, Peter answered. Maybe there's waterbenders here, Katara suggested. So they just kind of go on and talk with Jesus about what isn't in Israel. And then they kind of fly off with him on Appa. And that's it. That's really about it. <laughs> That's so weird. I know. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say anything about Christianity at all. It just puts Jesus there. And then Jesus is like, hey, yeah, I'll chill with you, which seems like a very Jesus thing to do. Yeah, you know, pretty cool guy. Just a uh, chill dude. <laughs> like he just kind of hangs out with these kids. They all just kind of introduce themselves and talk with Jesus briefly and then run off. It's kind of like cats, but not cats. They all just introduce themselves. And that's about it. That's just <laughs> so weird. I know. And like I said, like all of this person's uh, fan fiction is like just crossing things over with the New Testament. Like uh, Magic Treehouse, Easter in the Middle East. Okay. Well, at least that kind of makes sense. Because it's the Magic Treehouse kids going to the Middle East and learning about Christmas. There's also Teen Titans Mission Israel, which sounds like an entirely different thing. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, they're all just like that, like Simba's Abba, and um, there's a Chronicles of Narnia thing. There's a Cats crossover. Okay. I just joked about Cats, but that's actually a thing that they've written. Well, I mean, some of these make sense, like Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis... Yeah, like that one makes sense. Then there's TMNT meets the Savior, which I'm not really following, but you know, that's okay. I don't want to know what people back in Israel would have done if they saw radioactive turtles that were ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's, uh, that, like I said, that's probably more towards the one on the scale. I just thought it was weird and interesting. And it was especially interesting that like the characterizations of the Avatar characters were Really like on, they were they were on point all things considered and then jesus is just kind of there it's <laughs> it's really weird yeah that's that is pretty weird the weirdest part to me is that it's just jesus chilling there like normally there would be some sort of like christian teaching or something that they kind of slide in there but it's just nope here's this show and the, these characters and now they're chilling with jesus i would imagine maybe like because this isn't i'm assuming they just didn't finish this um that would have been coming later they just didn't start off with it hmm. i think is what happened um and then it just never got finished yeah well yeah you're probably right i guess if i were to rate this i don't want to do a one because i don't think it's awful no, I, it's just it's weird bad. It's, it's weird and i don't there's not a market for this no <laughs> not really <laughs> Um, let's do a three because it's not normal fan fiction fair, but I will don't want to put it at one because that's what I reserve for the weirdest, horrible shit that I want to throw into a pit. Yeah, but it's not like mediocre either. It's like, it just, I think threes, I, I'll have to agree with you. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all that I've got for us today. So let's head off onto a break. Welcome back. I'm glad you guys are still here because we all know what happens when I start reading stuff is I find the weird sexual stuff, but we're not going to start out there. We're going to start 
a little easy on something that I think is absolutely adorable. So this fan fiction is called Theory and Practice. And it's a fan fiction that is a crossover between Harry Potter and Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh, there were actually, in terms of crossovers, Avatar had, like, a lot with Harry Potter on fanfiction.net. I was seeing it was, like, the one that it had the most with. From what I've seen, a lot of these, it works really well because Harry Potter is a magical place. And so bending is just another form of magic. And so they just kind of blend in them that way, and it works uh-huh. really well, and it's really cute. Um, I'm not going to read a lot of this one, if anything, but uh, basically what happens is Katara is shown around Hermione's library. Okay. And it's just really cute. Aww. And it's like this really weird, because they're shipped together. Uh-huh. But like when you think about the characters, it makes sense. So here's a little excerpt. There's something about the way Hermione's hair falls into her eyes and the way she brushes at it, annoyed and ineffectual, for a good ten minutes every time, before finally tying it back with bits of string. And about the way she ties it back with bits of string. And about the way she chews her lip while she reads, occasionally murmuring the words for what she called a translation spell. Katara looks forward to the time she can get away from council meetings and inner family disputes and border negotiations because watching Hermione do research is like a meditative practice. Leading the Southern Water Tribe is good work, worthy and rewarding, but six years of doing little else have her left tired. Somehow, Hermione's company makes her feel rejuvenated. It's exciting to be part of a quest again, even if it's not her own so like that's just sweet it's just really cute that is a good pairing i would have never thought of it i never would have thought of it either but it makes so much sense because like katara is an intellectual and hermione's an intellectual and they're both like hermione's pretty their personalities are very similar yeah like the way that hermione treats like ron and harry and the way katara treats sokka and aang yeah yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to, like, read of it. It's pretty well written. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make you rate it, rate it, because I just kind of... <laughs> just What's what's the name of it again? It's called Theory and Practice. It's on Archive of Our Own by Things with Wings. Um, I would recommend checking it out if you're into it. I just had to, because I love lesbian pairings, and <laughs> this one was weird, and I was like, okay, well, what's this going to be about? And then it was just adorable. So that's my first one. So my next one, I'm just going to start reading this one, and then we can talk about it. Sounds good. I'm only a little worried. Well, I saved the worst for last, and I have one more, so we're not there yet. (laughs) Flowers, stars, fire, pipes. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace when the Avatar kept balance between the Mushroom Kingdom, the Bean Bean Kingdom, the Koopa Nation, and the Pipe Worlds. When you said pipes, I'm like, I knew. I'm like, is this a Mario thing? This isn't a Mario. Th- this is a Mario thing. Okay. <laughs> but all that changed when the Koopa Nation attacked. Only the Avatar mastered all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless Koopas. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Twenty have passed, and the Koopa Nation is nearing victory in the war. Some people believe that the Avatar was never reborn into the Pipe Nomads and that the cycle is broken. But I haven't lost hope. I still believe somehow the Avatar will return to save the world. You know, sure, I guess. So let's talk about this. Because okay. I made some notes about this. Okay. Because I I talked about it with Jacob and he had some good he, he had some good points. So it's extremely clever. But uh when you think about it. If flowers, stars, fires, and pipes are supposed to be the way to bend. Fire and flowers is the same thing because in Mario, you use a flower to make fire. Yeah, okay. And then there's stars and then pipes. But like, you don't use anything with pipes. You just use them. I mean, maybe you could make them pop up and like, it could be like portal where you can just like go in one pipe and come out the other and just use them to block things i don't know maybe it's more like earthbending but with the added like teleportation thing uh, yeah i don't know it's all just really weird because it starts off with peach and oh god what's his name peasley peach and peasley and peasley is prince peasley from a very specific mario game that i can't remember the title of 
and they're like brother and sister. So Peach is now Katara, and Prince Peasley is now Sokka, and Peasley is not a bender. Wow, I don't even think I've ever heard of Prince Peasley, but it looks like he's from, um, oh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Yeah, and so Bean Bean Kingdom is where he's from because he looks like a bean. Yeah. Basically, Peach is looking for flowers because she needs to bend them, and the Pipe Kingdom has been wiped out, which is not actually Pipe World. It's called Pipe Land in reality. Like, if you actually look at Mario Lord's Pipe Lands... They find Mario buried in some ice while they're looking for flowers. So he's the avatar. And then Luigi's in it because <laughs> he runs into Luigi later. But I don't know what character Luigi's supposed to be. I feel like they just wanted to put Luigi in there because it's Mario. So Peach is Katara. Peasley is Sokka. Luigi is I don't know. Um, the Be- Luigi is Momo. Luigi, Luigi is Momo. The Mushroom Kingdom is supposed to be the Water Nation because the Mushroom Kingdom is led, it has Peach in it. And apparently they're almost like wiped off the planet by the Koopa Nation, who's supposed to be the Fire Nation. Yeah. And then you have the Pipe Worlds is, I guess, the Air Nation because it's been wiped off the planet. Okay. And then the Bean Kingdom now by default because there's no more is the earth nation huh so it sounds like someone had something that they thought would be cool and then had to try too hard to fit it into the avatar template and just went with it anyway because they wanted to write it which hey you know you do you plot holes shouldn't be like a thing that prevents you from doing something if you like writing it enough but this just doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it for too long well and it doesn't sound like it's good enough to make up for it yeah and the other stuff is that um the people that they chose for the koopa nation are morton and wendy so they went kind of deep into like uh the rpg mario stuff then yeah because you could have just chosen bowser and little bowser but i guess bowser being the old the fire nation guy makes more sense but also most people don't know who morton or wendy are i only know who they are because those are the people that jacob likes to play in mario kart (laughs) so it's just really weird i want it to be better than it is because I think it's a really cool concept. Like, if I were to sit down and rewrite this, I think I could come up with, like, great lore. And, like, just talking to Jacob, he's like, well, you could have changed flowers into the the raccoon hat or whatever that gives you the flying powers. Yeah, so it's just, you just, you just think it's kind of a, a wasted potential. Like, it had some good ideas there, but... Yeah, and what I did find was very common is just rewriting the beginning of Avatar and plugging new characters in there. But I thought this was especially weird because yeah. you put enough thought into it, but didn't take it all the way. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm disappointed. Yeah. And I, and I mean, we didn't we didn't read a lot of it just because it apparently isn't really super good. But yeah, I mean, it does sound kind of like you could make that work and it would be fun, especially, I mean, like the Mario RPGs and the paper stuff. The writing in that is really fun. And if you imitated that, like that could be a fun story kind of to do. But that's too bad. It isn't super good. Yeah. I mean, the emotion in it and everything is really good. Maybe I just got stuck on the lore, but yeah. It's just it's enough to bring up probably give it like a three yeah i haven't really read much of it so i don't really want to say if i can rate it or not but yeah well what's what's the bad what's the worst we went from from good to eh to now bad okay well i'm not going to tell you what it is it's by a person called demon daddy and i'm going to read the summary okay raven from teen titans Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender, Sam from Danny Phantom, and Valerie from Danny Phantom are all trapped in a horrible alternate dimension without anything to eat. The girls have to try and keep it together as they slowly starve, hoping desperately something good will happen and they will be saved. Oh, cool. So it's just miserable. (laughs) Yes. You know, I was just about to say, like, Toph and and Raven doesn't sound like 
that, that that sounds like a pretty good pairing, but it doesn't sound like it's a pairing. It sounds like it's just more. Oh. No. Okay. No, it's not a pairing. <laughs> it's just kind of. They all just happen to be here. They all just happen to be suffering. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to start reading, and then we can be uncomfortable together. It's been at least a week since we last had any to eat, and I'm starving! Toph, the talented earthbender, complained yet again as loudly as she could. Her hard-cut abs had lost some of their de definition. She could feel her muscles going soft as she rolled her palms over her belly, trying to hush her aching insides. My tummy has been roaring all morning. It's so empty, I don't think it will stop now. At least not until I get to an endless buffet. Oh, she, gro she growled in complaint. This is terrible. My tummy feels like it's got blasted with a stick of dynamite and not even debris is left inside. All I can think about is how hungry I am and how much my tummy hurts. Ugh. Can it, would ya? Sam Mason rubbed her bloated stomach with both hands. It rumbled and howled under her touch, longing for something more satisfying. We get it. You're hungry. We know. We're all starving, too. Sam winced as her organs curled in on themselves. Her stomach was trying to digest food that hadn't been there in... In... Not one of the four girls trapped in the foodless world were actually sure just how long it had been. It was a unanimous agreement, though, that it had been too long. My tummy is folding in on itself now. I can feel it. It really hurts. Oh, man. My insides feel like they're imploding, collapsing like a hollowed-out ditch. What I wouldn't do for some vegetarian pizza right now. I can't stand how my guts feel like an animal is clawing away at them. My tummy would also appreciate from food, but we checked the entire place over a hundred times. I don't think there's anything to eat in this entire dimension. Raven, the most stoic member of the group, rubbed tiny circles over her toned center with her fingertips. She felt and heard her stomach growling from within, and the sound made her feel that much more angry that her powers appeared useless in their predicament. So, like, how common is a starvation kink? I guess is what I'm wondering. I, I am very uncomfortable. You're correct. It's just like them describing their stomachs being upset and like touching their stomachs and stuff. Yeah. Cause it's usually because it's usually like uh, when I see like food cakes, it's usually like like overfeeding. Yeah. Them, overfeeding. Underfeeding them. Yeah. It's. Like, why these specific characters? Like, you know, it's a kink thing and that happens, but like these four very specific characters just talking together about how they're hungry. I don't know. Um, Demon Daddy has written a lot of starvation kink stuff. And this ah, one okay. was a specific request from a consistent client. Huh. So I think somebody paid them to write this. And this fan fiction, let me add is 12,390 words long and the majority of it is just reiteration of what I just read over and over and over and over again of them wishing they had food thinking they found food not having food and complaining about being starved that's a lot of words <laughs> yeah I I hope he got paid really well he paid by the word count oh, okay <laughs> And he just kind of, that's like how I stretched out my college essays. <laughs> I mean, not exactly with starvation kink, but you know, you just kind of like do the same thing over and over again. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird because there's just different analogies that they use for being hungry. And they're, he's extremely specific about which character has what kind of starvation because, because Toph has her muscles going soft. And Sam has a bloated stomach, which you wouldn't expect would have anything to do with starvation. But that's something that a lot of people like Jacob and I looked it up that it just happens sometimes when you're starving that your yeah. belly distends and nobody really knows why. And then there's Raven, who still has a toned center, but is starving. And then the weird one is Valerie Gray, because Valerie Gray is that really thick black woman that ends up with danny phantom oh yeah okay so they talk about her like falling over and her thick ass hitting the concrete and stuff like that but with these other characters like sam specifically when they draw her she is so thin yeah 
And so it's weird because you have these very different girls who like Toph is very small and she's a child. And so like her physique is very strong. And then you have Raven, which she's very skinny. And then you have Sam, who is a goth girl who's extremely skinny. And then you have Valerie, who's this thick goddess. Yeah. And like what's especially kind of even me out a little bit about these is, yeah, they're all underage. <laughs> I think except Raven might be like 18 or over but the other ones definitely aren't yeah i mean it probably is assumed that they're of age of age okay i mean they don't specify it or anything it's just yeah there's like actually like a a storyline that goes over it i guess a ghost kidnapped them and threw them into a ghost world that keep to see how long they could starve and at the end of the fan fiction danny phantom shows up and rescues them from this i was just about to ask if there's at least like a happy ending kind of so danny phantom rescues him from this hellscape and then he takes them back to the real world and he feeds them and they gouge they gorge themselves which by the way if you're starving you don't want to gorge yourself because you're just gonna throw it up and you're gonna feel awful but yeah they just kind of gorge themselves at the end and uh is that part of it then? Like, is that part of the kink where they just kind of have at the end they... I don't know. It's oh It God. probably depends on the person. Here's another uncomfortable paragraph. Valerie started to cry and she released Danny and pointed into her gaping, sobbing mouth and groped and rubbed her fat, blubbery belly with the other hand. Please, my tummy is going to fill up with air and pop. There's no food to stop it from going wild inside. I hate this. Please, Danny, feed me for old time's sake. We're friends, right? Feed me. Oh, gee. No, that's definitely a part of it then. <laughs> yeah. And so they bring them back. Despite the noise, Danny finally found his voice among the chaos. Calm down, I understand. Some ghost magician got loose and started opening up wormholes to other dimensions. He put you to here to see how long he could starve you. I would have come sooner, but he wouldn't tell me where you were. Finally, I got him to talk. We're going home so you can all eat. So then they go back to the normal dimension and he sets out everything in his fridge, quote, and the girls ate ravenously. Soon their bellies were fat with food, and the hunger growls had turned to sounds of squishing digestion. There's only one thing I'm worried about, Sam said between huge bites of peanut butter sandwiches. If that ghost did this once, doesn't that mean he could do it again? All the girls stopped chewing long enough to exchange horrified glances. We'll worry about that if it comes, Raven finally said to break the silence. For oh, now, and then let's and then eat. It so then it's sequel baits too <laughs> yeah a little bit well you're right that was uncomfortable yeah honestly most of this fic is just more description of how they're starving and uh, how their tummies feel and side note i hate the word tummy yeah i don't know why but when describing my abdomen i never use tummy because it makes me extremely uncomfortable it's kind of it's like a a word that you'd use for like kids i guess i just i just hate I it know. i hate yeah. it um so that made it extremely uncomfortable um like i said this fan fiction is called starvation in dimension x by demon daddy um it's part 17 of the starvation fiction series um 17 wow there's another work after it so i don't know how long it actually is there's two comments um somebody who is a guest didn't want to reveal themselves was like is there a connection between this one and total drama survivors and the writer's like i'm glad you enjoy this that much to see that there's a thread between all of them have a nice day he, oh, there's like a connected world in between all of these starvation kink fan fictions. And you got to respect the effort that's been put into that at least. Yeah. So this was written in 2015. Um, the last time this starvation th kink um, like list of fan fictions was updated was 2016... And the last one they he did was well he did a he did a Lilo and Stitch one so let me put that out there and then the last one he did was DC Girls Bubble of Trouble so yeah it looks like there's just at least twenty of them huh 
Okay. <laughs> He's written a total of 183,926 words. Wow. Toward starvation kink. Someone's got to do it. Someone has to. Um, I can't say that I enjoy it, but somebody does. Clearly someone does, yeah. Especially if someone's been asking him to do this. Well, and he said that he was a client, so somebody paid him to do this. Okay. Yeah, that's the fucked up weird one. Just I mean, be glad that I didn't read any more of it to you, because there's... It probably just gets more uncomfortable, so I appreciate you not reading that to uh, us, you know, me and the listeners. Yeah, I think the only other thing I want to say about it is there's definitely like a power thing here. A bunch of girls starving. Right. And you watch them starve. And, and then, then a, and then a guy comes and rescues. Yeah. So that's the only thing I kind of wanted to point out. But yep, it is what it is. Um, For our purposes, I'm going to give it a one because I don't like it. Because you don't like it. I would give it like a two just because like... I also wouldn't recommend that you, like, one, I feel like I'd say go read, you know? I, I'm going to give this one a two because I, you know, if you don't want to read this, it's not like, it's interesting to hear about it, but you definitely don't have to read it. Like, it's not interesting enough to, to wade through all of the uh, kink stuff, unless you're into that. Then that's definitely, you know, a one, because this is exactly what you're looking for, I would imagine. So go read it, but I'm guessing most people aren't going to be into that. No, I don't think most people are like, yes, I want to watch somebody star. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's only five kudos on it, which like makes sense. It's just kind of just really niche. Extremely niche. Um, and I just want to know why these characters. It sounds a little, I mean, it sounds like they're just doing a lot of cartoon characters. Uh, th that might be part of the kink that someone has. Yeah. Well, they have Starving the Kardashians. Oh, okay. Um, Justice League, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Garage Band, Camp Lake Bottom, Kick Batowski, Forget About It, and Robot Boy cartoon. I don't know what that I is. I recognize like half of those. Um, Adventure Time, Sonic, Teen Titans, Go, Barbie. Yeah, that's a lot of just cartoons. I feel bad about the Lilo and Stitch one. I was just about to say, Lilo's, like, really young. Unless they aged her up or did, like, Nani or something. It's really weird. Well, now I need to know. Because I'm probably <laughs> not going to talk about it ever again. So I'm no. looking. Um, It says Lilo and Friends. No, I don't. Does it not specify how old she is? It says the girls. So I'm going to say... They're still children. Yikes. That's a no from me, dog. Yeah. So yeah, if you like Starvation Kink, um, check out Demon Daddy. I don't know what else they write about. Yeah, it seems like most of it's kind of kinky stuff. So I mean, if you want to check it out. But maybe not the one with children in it. Yeah, maybe not the one with children in it. A little, little sus. A little sus. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, and if you guys enjoyed the podcast, feel free to go ahead and rate us on iTunes or follow us on uh, whatever platform you get your podcasts on. We also have an Instagram and Twitter, which, which are both at Better Than Canon. Uh, and if you want to send us some theme ideas or fix, you can go ahead and send them to our Gmail, which is betterthancanonpod at gmail.com. You guys should tweet at us who you would battle in Iron Chef against Toph. Zuko, Katara, and Aang. Who would you fight against in a chef battle and why? Why did you choose them? I don't know what I'd pick. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I feel like I'd have most of an advantage. I feel like I had, I'd have a better chance of winning against Toph. <laughs> but that's mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm already a bad chef. Okay, but if I had chef prowess, I'd probably choose Aang. You just make for a good show. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time where we will cover... Jimmy Neutron. Got a blast. <laughs>